0: Since Covid, we also see this, um, you know, the famous pleasure guests. So the, the mixture between business and leisure. ESG is definitely um, a big one. It's not really the main criteria for to pick a hotel, but that is going to change.
1: Hi there and welcome to a new series of the podcast No Stone Unturned from Savills. In this podcast, we will talk about the trends and development in Dutch real estate from hotels to offices and from retail to senior living. I am Charlotte Harmsen and in this episode, I'm going to talk about hotels. My guest of today is Luc Bosmans, Managing Director Hospitality at Tristan Capital Partners. Welcome,
0: Luc. Hi Charlotte, thanks for having me.
1: Well, very glad to have you today. Of course, uh, we're going to talk about the hotel sector today. And in your profession at Tristan Capital Partners, you are an investor in hotels. Where does your interest in hospitality come from?
0: Oh, uh, well, that started actually very early. So when I was a, a young boy, I always knew that I wanted to work with hotels and restaurants and that I would end up um, working there. So yeah, for example, when we drove to France for holidays, you know, my sister was reading big books and I was reading the Michelin Guide. So, so that's where I think um, it came from.
1: And uh, did you uh, immediately see yourself investing in hotels or did you have the interest to be actually a hotelier?
0: Well, yes, of course. The um, it, First of all, I wanted to go to hotel school. So to learn, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Belgium, there's a school called Kokseiden, Tordane. And there the focus is pretty much on the restaurant part. So you learn how to cook, how to uh, make sure the service is great. And then from there on, I uh, moved on to France and I, I worked in a, in a restaurant for uh, for for a year and a half. A three-star Michelin restaurant, a very fancy restaurant. And, um, you know, when I was there, th- something happened. Uh, the chef um, passed away when I was there. So uh, a few um, weeks later, the whole restaurant was actually... You know, empty, and then uh, then we had a presentation from the uh, from the accountant, who told us exactly you know how much is being is left over when people spend two hundred franc- French francs at the time uh, at the restaurant, and that was not much, and that's when I thought, oh, you know what, I really need to know a lot more about that side the of the business, business side, and that's how you know I decided to continue and uh, go to the hotel school in in Lausanne and from there on I moved on and, and started a career with Hyatt International and um, and then I decided to do another MBA and start working for the for the investment part for the investment side where I worked for for Lone Star and Blackstone so so big hotel owners.
1: And how was the transition from actually being in a hotel every day to yeah investing in hotels?
0: Well it was Rather smooth, actually, because you know I still consider today that I work in the hotel industry.
1: Mm-hmm. You really have a feeling with the products.
0: Yeah, definitely. So of course I'm not in direct contact with the, with the customers anymore, with the guests. But I'm in um, very regular discussions with hotel general managers or you know finance directors of hotels, and, and even you know of course if you go to if if you go to to a hotel you invest in. You want to keep the connections as well with people who work there. You ask them, so so what do you think? What could we, uh, you know, what could we do to improve uh, the hotel? Are you uh, so? There's always this connection anyway with uh, with the staff.
1: And do you think that gives you a competitive advantage uh, in comparison to competitors in the market? Because of course, not every investor has actual uh, experience within the sector they're uh, investing in.
0: Well, I think it's essential if you want to invest in hotels to understand the business. And uh, of course, you have to be able to look at uh, the profit and loss statement of a hotel to, 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 to very quickly analyze, you know, where can we improve things? Because in the end, it's about, you know, buying a hotel and then try to have a whole series of initiatives in order to improve the performance so you need to you need to know something about you know the financials but also how are you going to achieve that otherwise
1: so, you cannot really add value to the product maybe
0: correct yeah and sometimes you know you need to uh, the idea is maybe to change the operator or or the brand or uh, but before doing that you need to know that you have a better solution right so that's why you have uh, you have to know um, yeah quite a bit of that part of the business before being able to to invest in, hotel, in hotels, I think.
1: Yeah, and that said, I think it's it's interesting to talk a little bit about the aftermath of uh, of the pandemic. Of course, the hospitality business. The last time that I made an hotel episode, it was in COVID, during COVID, and we talked a lot about uh, yeah the the impact of uh, uh, the lockdowns and things like that. Um, how do you feel the period now? Coming out of that, uh, what what impact did it have on the hotel industry?
0: Well, of course, that was a very tough period, right? So, but oh, yeah, I think, you know, it was even more, um, uh, you know, impactful for, for our employees, for a lot of people who were working in the hotel business, you know, some, sometimes some of these um, Uh, you know, very good elements and people had to be laid off. So it was very tough for them. So, um, uh, and then, you know, from, from, from my point of view, it was all about, you know, cash management in that period, you know, trying to see where can we reduce the cash burn because you lose a lot of money, even with hotels, um. Uh, under a hotel management agreement, so you still have a lot of fixed costs, mm-hmm. so it was also an opportunity to be very gr- granular about your um, profit and loss Strategy, statement yeah. to see, you know, do we really need all of these um, costs here, which were in the end, you know, maybe taken out and I'm sure, you know, a lot of them are not back back yet, but um, so that was a, that was an opportunity as well, of course.
1: So for more efficiency in the cost management.
0: Correct, yeah.
1: And um, do you also see that the current market provides opportunities for investors that want sort of um, to get into the hotel industry, the property industry at a lower price?
0: Well, the hotels were distressed, but the pricing was not, you know, and and the reason for that was on the one hand, you had, of course, a lot of um, financial um, contributions from the government and help and support, which was great. Uh, The lenders were also very flexible. um, So that's why, you know, a lot of hotel owners did not have to sell their, their, their hotels. And on the other hand, you see you had a lot of, you know, more opportunistic buyers as well. People entering the market, people who were already there. Everyone I think was, you know, of course trying to see, okay, where are the opportunities here? Would well, it would be nice if, you know, we could pick up some of these distressed opportunities, but you know, it's very clear there were none or, or very little. So um, because, you know, due to the high competition in investors, prices remain quite high.
1: I want to take a look at some of the questions that my colleagues have submitted for you. So I've asked two colleagues from our um, hotel investment team to ask you a question. Let's go to our first question.
0: Hi Luke. this is Bas Wilberts, Head of Residential and Hotel Investments at Sevels. I have a
1: question for you. What would you say is the biggest challenge for the hotel industry in 2023 after having survived Covid? having dealt with the employment shortages and the inflation and furthermore exploding en- energy prices. I'm really curious to learn from you. The biggest challenge for the hotel industry in 2023?
0: Oh, wow. That's um, that's quite a question because of course you have, um, if I think about, you know, the hotel um, operations, I think it's really to go um, in order, to, you know, how to manage this uh, inflation, which is still, you know, not over. It might, slowing down a little bit, but we still need to figure out how to how to manage these costs. I think technology can help and you know a few other ideas as well. But um, I think that's going to be one of the biggest challenges. And then the second one is really how the industry will continue coping with ESG because you know we talked about it before, but everyone is doing ESG a little bit, you know, how he or she thinks um, it works best. So so I think that's another challenge for the hotel investment um, industry to think about, you know, how can we streamline this? And, you know, that's um, that will continue to be a, a hot topic.
1: Let's go to our second question.
0: Hi, Luke. This is Ruben, commercial real estate advisor hotels at Sevels. I have a question. We are seeing more and more international hotel brands establishing themselves in the Provence, like Curio, Doubletree in the south of the Netherlands. Do you expect this new development to continue and be successful in the future? I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Thank you. I think this is about um, what we call soft brands, right? So these collection brands. I think there's a real future for those brands and for the reasons I mentioned before that you have flexibility around standards. You can, um, you have the advantage of being part of a larger brand family. Um, and in the meantime, you can, you, can, you can really create the identity of your hotel. So that's why I think these, uh, you know, I'm a big um, fan of collection brands.
1: And these collection brands, because I hear another question, uh, sort of uh, underneath uh, Ruben's question, saying it's more in the south of France and the south of the Netherlands. So, do these soft bra- brands focus on different locations than, like, the main the mainstream brands?
0: Well, I just think that these brands might appeal more for uh, leisure guests, and that's why that's why they they that's why I think they can, they will continue to be very successful there. Um, also, because these hotels are so individual, so different, uh, they are not like these typical you know cookie cutter um, conference hotels like. Yeah. Say. So that's why it fits very well.
1: And when you look at your investment portfolio, um, location is I, I can imagine as in. With all real estate, a very important uh, factor. Um, what do you find important about a location when looking for investment opportunities?
0: Well, first of all, you try to think about you know the the, the macro level um, considerations for um, for for your investment. So, how politically stable is the country? And then you know how you know what are the main indicators on employment, uh, GDP, and, and things like that. But then on a more Micro location level, you try to understand. So first of all, um, so what are the, the demand drivers of this hotel? So if, if if it's a business hotel, how many companies are out there? Uh, does your business depend on one big large company, or are it, you know several several companies? Um, is it a more a leisure driven hotel? So where are your customers coming from? Which co- which national nationalities? How are they getting to the hotel? So with Car or, or public transport, or so all of these factors are um, being thought of, uh, obviously. So, uh, and then, of course, the, the one of the you know, very important factors is as well what's with the supply. So, how, how many hotels do we currently have? Which brands are out there? And uh, how many are still currently being built or, or being uh, refurbished? Or so, and, and which of these new hotels will uh, impact my business or could impact my business?
1: And then, for instance, if we zoom into the Netherlands, uh, yeah, you talked about some demographic uh, numbers, which are important. Uh, um, leisure versus business stays. Uh, is the Netherlands an attractive country to invest in hotels?
0: Yes, yes, and um, yeah, we 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 have now bought the, um, the the former QO hotel, which is now the Ruby. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was uh, so that hotel was closed uh, since two years. So as soon as the hotel reopened in June last year, um, we already had uh, you know weekends with over eighty percent occupancy, just because you know, the the market is of course very strong for the moment. We like Amsterdam a lot as um, as a, a city to invest in because, first of all, it's a beautiful city. And second is that you know it's a re, it's a city with a fantastic mix, so you, it's you're not dependent on just one specific Target type growth. of
1: yeah.
0: Uh, customer. Yeah, so you have the, the leisure guests, of course. You have your 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 corporates. You know, you have a lot of you have conferences, um, and that what's what makes Amsterdam so so uh, you know a great city to invest in. But we're also looking at Rotterdam or or Utrecht, for example. Yeah.
1: And do you always look at hotels that have the mix of Leisure and uh, and business or or are you also still interested in, in, in larger conference hotels for instance?
0: We tend to l- look at hotels with a leisure component in it. That doesn't that doesn't mean that we only buy like hotels for tourists. But we like the fact that there is a mix. That you have a, a little bit of um. um you know, strong leisure component, but also with some, you know, corporate in the mix or conferences, for example, we do see corporates and and conferences coming back, maybe not as fast and maybe not at the same level as in 2019, but um, we do believe that this this part of the business will come back.
1: Yeah, of course, travel policies might be stricter and you know, people will tend to be more critical. Do I ne- really need to be there, or or can I also follow it online?
0: Yeah, and we also see, for example, the, the you know the corporate travelers. Instead of making uh, trips with one night in a hotel, they 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 do them less often, but then they stay two or three nights. And then, of course, since COVID, we also see this um, you know the famous pleasure guests. So the the mixture between business and leisure, where you have people coming in the hotel on a Thursday evening and they book until Sunday, for example. Or or so, so instead of coming there just on the, on the Thursday and Friday, they would say, hey, let's, let's add the weekend to it. And a lot of, you know, our hotels and the Ruby is is a great example for it. They offer also, um, uh, the possibility to, to, to work from, from the hotel, not only in your hotel room, but also, you know, in in a co-working space or something
1: like that. Yeah. And um, uh, in these times, I'm also very interested. Uh, we talk a bit about uh, about brands and different segments. Do you think what there's a stronger market for a budget hotel or a luxury hotel?
0: You know, internally, we tend to focus more on budget hotels and on upper upscale hotels rather than um, something which would be completely in the middle, mm-hmm. uh, so to say. So either or. Yeah, we, with I mean, it's of course you know we have a very opportunistic strategy as well. So we, in, you know, in principle, you know, if they if if it looks like a very interesting opportunity, we will definitely look into that. But um, but I think you know with of course, there's you know another, you know a possible recession uh, coming up, and uh, the question is of course how will that impact your business going forward, um, and that's why we like investing in hotels with a lean business model, which with a model who can, you know, get, resist for a certain time when the top line might be impacted. So for example, Ruby or our hotels in, in London with the Point A brand, for example, or the Yotel in Manchester. So all these hotels, they have a very lean operating model, which which I think is, is resistant in case something might happen in the future. Um, but we also think that upper upscale and luxury hotels might be less impacted in a recession than, um, you know, hotels more, maybe more in the middle.
1: Because people who have money still have money to spend.
0: I think so, yeah.
1: yeah it's different than, uh, I don't know, were you already in hotel investment in the global financial crisis or were you still in the uh, hotel business, restaurant business yourself?
0: No, 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 I was already in the in the hotel.
1: Because I think uh, it, it will probably be different right because there is capital now it's it's just uh, yeah different factors impacting that, that are leading up to a crisis
0: that's of course yeah very very different it's a very different crisis yeah
1: what did you see back then uh, was there a huge difference in the uh, success of budget versus luxury hotels uh, during that crisis
0: i think during that crisis um, every uh, hotel segment was was impacted of course but the budget segment was maybe impacted the least.
1: The least, yeah.
0: Because people said instead of going to a three-star hotel, we might go to a two-star hotel. And so in the end, you know, the the, the, the budget um, hotels were, were impacted uh, the least.
1: And we have some quite high-end hotels opening in Amsterdam uh, or uh, opened recently. Um, what is something to keep in mind when in investing in that sort of top... High-end segment.
0: Well, the first thing you know, I think of when there is um, a very high-end luxury hotel on the market is that, as an investor, it will be difficult for us, you know, with a value add fund and a core plus fund, to um, buy that hotel because you will be competing with with people who have a you know a very different cost of capital. Um, sometimes, um, of course, you know, we are we we are there to. Um, uh, to make a profit on our investment for our shareholders and people who who, who invest in in our company, um, but often what you see with very high-end luxury hotels is that you also have to deal with you know trophy hunters, people who just have you know high net worth individuals who just like to have a fantastic uh, hotel, the best hotel in Amsterdam or in Paris or in London, and yeah, they they you know
1: competition is fierce. Yeah,
0: they're they're. <laughs> They have a much more emotional um, way of looking at uh, hotel investment.
1: What do you think if we're looking a bit more into the future? What is going to be the biggest game changer in the hotel property industry the coming years?
0: Well, I think I think ESG is definitely um, a big one. Uh, not only for the investment side, but also but also from a consumer point of view. Um, Uh, Like you said, you know, for you, it's important to see if this hotel has a specific label. Um, For many of our corporate customers or companies, it is important. But I also think that uh, for a lot of other customers out there, it's not really the main um, uh, criteria criteria for to pick a hotel. But that is going to change. And that's why we have to be ready and um, we have to focus on this.
1: And do you think um, in terms of uh, sort of measuring... Those things will cause uh, consumers will be also asking for maybe evidence, right? Maybe uh, a sign on your door saying, uh, please uh, don't uh, uh, put your towel on the floor uh, if you're uh, if you want it to be refreshed or that will not be enough again. Right. So uh, consumers will want to see more evidence of the sustainability. How do you see uh, operators mainly, I guess, uh, and but also investors? um Working with data uh, to provide evidence of sustainability in their hotels.
0: Well, I think there will be a consolidation, and in terms of um, you know, your consumer-focused uh, certification, because for the moment it's a little bit all over the place. So you have you have a little of uh, a lot of green labels and a lot of different. Companies looking at, looking at, uh, you know, very different components. Um, but I think, I think that's where, that's where there will be changes where you can very easily, and I know, you know, a lot of people are thinking about that and, you know, there's a lot of, a lot going on currently um, where, you know, you can really, you should be able as a hotel operator or owner to say, you know, this is your carbon footprint if you stay in our hotel compared to the other. And that's, you know, that's not there yet, but that's going to come.
1: Measurability. And then what uh, opportunity lies there for the hotel investor?
0: Well, I I think this ESG part is definitely also an opportunity because, um, you know, there might be what we are now thinking of is, um, for example... Um, I think there might become, you know, conversion opportunities from office buildings which don't meet certain ESG criteria anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, well, we might be able to to um, acquire these type of uh, office buildings to convert them in, um, in hotels, for example, for our Point A brand in London, for example, that would be great.
1: Yeah. Retrofitting.
0: Yeah, indeed.
1: And um, uh, I'm also curious, one more uh, question before we get to the final question. So uh, as an investor, probably you have a lot of financial metrics that you take into account. We talked a little bit about your investment criteria in in terms of location. Probably you look at Rev Bar and, uh, you know, yields, of course, and things like that. But will you also sort of measure um, sustainability and 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 use that as an investment criteria
0: yes that's you know we we are already doing that um, and and of course you have all But the is financial that then in terms
1: data. of certifications or actual exploitation numbers
0: no actual numbers i mean we we, we and you know when, when we talk about ESG, you know, we always tend to think about, you know, the E, the e part of the equation, but but um, we also spend uh, quite a lot of time talking with our operators about, about you know, the social part. So how, how um, uh, are the associates doing, you know, the people working in the hotels, so are they happy there to work there? You know, how can we improve, um, you know, their life as well when they work in our hotels? And of course, what's the feedback from our guests? So, so these are maybe not, you know, this is not always hard data so you also have some some you know more soft um, topics there which yeah. you have to which you have to look at but it's um it's definitely on top of our, our agenda with when we talk when we talk with our operators yeah.
1: so do you also measure things like employee satisfaction and definitely. customer satisfaction definitely. and take that into account yeah yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: interesting well I'm going to go to the final question. It's the same uh, question that I ask all of my uh, guests. And uh, you can describe your dream project. So, if the ideal hotel investment opportunity, um, what does it look like for you?
0: For me, that looks like a hotel in a great location where nobody invested any money in for many years. Usually, you know. With um, an owner who was not very focused and sophisticated, um, that for us is, of course, you know, the, a, a fantastic a val- value project, value add opportunity. Yes, but of course, the location still remains number one. That's that that's clear. But um, yeah, a very well run, fantastic, newly you know renovated hotel with a great brand. That's just not interesting for us, right? So it's, it's interesting for me to go and stay there, but not as personally. Yeah, <laughs> correct.
1: Thank you, Luc Bosmans, Managing Director Hospitality at Tristan Capital Partners. We've talked about the importance of flexibility in the hotel investment market. And not only in terms of your contract or management agreement, but also in terms of uh, the brand and the experience. We also talked about the importance of ESG going forward. This was No Stone Unturned from Savills. My name is Charlotte Harmson, and please subscribe to this podcast when you don't want to miss a thing.